Welcome to the second season of the Tennessee Ghosts and Legends podcast. My name is Lyle Russell. I am your host, and I love a good ghost story. We'll begin season two with a strange urban legend. In this episode, you'll be introduced to the tragic story of little Nina Craig Miles and the unexplained mystery of Cleveland, Tennessee's bleeding mausoleum. John Craig Miles was all too familiar with danger and risk. In his early years, he was a successful sea captain who owned and operated his own shipping business, running trade goods on the currents between the United States and South America. After encounters with pirates, the trials and tribulations of the high seas, and a profitable land-based business venture selling supplies to both the North and the South during the Civil War, Nothing could rattle the nerves of the adventurous John Craigmiles. Nothing, that is, until the birth of his daughter. Little Nina Craigmiles was born to John and his wife Adelia on August 5, 1864 in the town of Cleveland, Tennessee, just a few miles north of Chattanooga. Little Nina was an extraordinarily beautiful child, adored by not only her family, but the entire town. As little Nina grew, she would often be seen about town with her maternal grandfather, Dr. Gideon Thompson. Anytime the good doctor would leave in his horse-drawn buggy to make his rounds, Nina would accompany him, often urging her papa to make the horses go faster from visit to visit. Sometimes he would even let her hold the reins. On a fateful fall afternoon in October of 1871, on St. Luke's Day, Dr. Thompson was summoned to do his rounds when a storm was coming. With bad weather rapidly approaching, he intended to go alone, but the now seven-year-old little Nina insisted on accompanying her papa like always for the ride. He did not want to take her out in the storm, but it was difficult to refuse his darling granddaughter. They loaded in the buggy and off they went into the storm. What happened next took a turn for the worst. It is not known if the horses were spooked by something, possibly a lightning strike or a thunderclap, that sent them into a sprint, or if Gideon was driving them faster than usual just to get out of the rain. In either case, the horses got running too fast to control. The buggy ended up heading for a railroad crossing through the middle of town when a train was coming. The horses simply would not stop and ran at nearly a full gallop towards the oncoming train. Sources differ on whether Gideon or Nina held the reins at the time, but regardless of who was driving, the carriage was quickly run down by the thundering locomotive. Gideon was thrown clear and survived with minor injuries. Both horses and little Nina Craigmiles were killed on impact. The entire town mourned the loss of Princess Nina, as many had come to call her. The funeral services were attended from far and wide. Family, friends, and strangers alike came offering condolences to the heartbroken family. John took the loss particularly hard, but put his industrious yet troubled mind to work immediately 
on designing and building a spectacular cathedral in honor of his little girl. Being a man of considerable means, John was able to fully design and construct the church in a very short time. This feat was even more extraordinary since the project was completed so quickly despite the southern landscape being hampered by the oppressive effects of reconstruction. Nevertheless, on the one-year anniversary of his daughter's death, the St. Luke's Memorial Episcopal Church was consecrated in 1872, becoming the new meeting house of the St. Albans Church congregation that did not yet have a place to meet. It is said on the day the church opened, John unlocked the front door and destroyed the only key to ensure anyone at any time could come into the church in remembrance of his beloved Nina. He incorporated an alcove into the church design, known as Nina's Niche, and directed that fresh flowers be placed there daily for her. The design of the church is very unique to the area, being one of the few Oxford Movement Gothic architectural designs to remain wholly intact with only slight modern additions of electricity, heating, and cooling over time. What's even more unique than his cathedral design, however, is the next plan that he created, a mausoleum that would house little Nina's remains on the church grounds. After church construction was completed, John immediately set to work on this new, elaborate, and costly design of a gothic white marble mausoleum for Nina that would be built right next to the church. The church building itself only took a year to design and construct, but John took more time and care with the final resting place of his daughter. The walls would be nearly four feet thick of the finest white Carrera marble, with carved spires featuring intricate angels and lambs reaching nearly 40 feet high. After three years of work, the stately and very expensive structure was finally completed and little Nina's remains were interred in a white marble sarcophagus, adorned with a carving of her covered body lying in state, complete with a marble crown and cross. All told, the church cost about $25,000, and the smaller mausoleum around $20,000 to build. Together, and in today's dollars, the family spent the equivalent of $1.1 million on the project. John's mind was fixed on honoring his daughter's memory with the pure white marble structure, but something very strange happened after it was built. The white stones in the entry arch above the door began to bleed. Shortly after Nina's remains were interred in the mausoleum, the white marble above the entryway turned a deep dark red. Carrera marble is known for its bright white crystal structure with bluish gray veins. Never has there been Carrera marble that turned red. It is said that John was furious that the incredibly expensive marble did not stay white as he instructed, and paid to have the archway rebuilt with new marble at least three times. Yet each time, and without explanation, the marble would begin to turn red. At different times after, the family hired workmen and masons to clean the streaks, but to no avail. The marble would not stay white, Every time, it turned red. Carrera marble comes from the town of Carrera, Italy, and is known worldwide for its luxurious appearance and durability. It is possible to stain the surface if a substance is left on it without cleaning it off, like red wine, for example, on a countertop. But in the case of the mausoleum archway, 
The stains are on the underside of the marble, so an external substance causing the stains is highly unlikely. As with any natural stone harvested in a quarry, there's always the possibility of another element contaminating the marble naturally, such as an iron deposit, which would appear rust-colored or red when exposed to moisture and oxygen. In one investigation I read concerning the marble, a chemical test of a chip from the stone was performed, and no trace of iron could be found in the crystal formation. This finding only deepened the mystery. There was simply no natural explanation for the red streaks in the stone. This led many to believe the only possible explanation was supernatural, that the stones were bleeding to signify the tragic end of young Nina, and that over time the red hue deepened with the addition of each member of the Craigmiles family to the crypt. In his will, John Craigmiles dictated exactly what was to be done with his remains. He said, I wish very plainly to be buried in the lower hand catacomb in the vault where sleeps the ashes of our darling little Nina. A few years later, his final wish would be granted. In the winter of 1898, John Craigmiles was walking through town after a snowstorm and took a bad fall on ice that had formed across the road. While records are inconclusive to the extent of his injuries suffered from the fall, Treatments he received due to it caused a severe bout of blood poisoning. He passed away in January of 1899 at the age of 73 shortly after his fall. His wife Adelia would remarry and survive into her 80s, only to be hit by a car on an adjacent road where John fell almost 30 years later. Adelia would pass away in 1928 from that accident at 86 years old. Both of Nina's parents' remains were added to the crypt, and the rumors of the bleeding stones say that the red streaks grew darker with each family member's internment. As with any good mystery, embellishments are bound to occur, and this tale is no different. During my own investigation, one popular version I found said that during the design phase of St. Luke's Episcopal Church, John Craigmiles corresponded with a highly skilled Italian sculptor, after a lengthy negotiation, a bargain was struck to carve a statue of Nina to adorn the church grounds. Once the statue was carved, the sculptor delayed shipping the piece to America for installation. For what reason, no one knows. When he did finally crate the statue for shipping, it was loaded at the Southampton docks aboard the HMS Titanic. Everyone knows the ship never arrived in America, and Nina's statue now rests at the bottom of the Atlantic Ocean. While this story has all of the hallmarks of a romantic ending, it is an unlikely possibility and it is not plausible simply due to the timeline. Poor Nina was killed in 1871. The church honoring her was consecrated in 1872 and her mausoleum finished in 1876. Then John Craigmiles passed away in 1899 and the HMS Titanic sank in 1912 some 39 years after the church was built and 13 years after John died. While it is possible he investigated commissioning a statue, it would not have sailed aboard the Titanic, and no record or receipt for a commission on a statue has been found. A final take on this story is the reported sightings of a young girl in 19th century period dress walking through the cemetery. 
as well as a specter thought to possibly be John Craig Miles walking around the mausoleum, forever inspecting the marble structure that he painstakingly built for his darling Nina. While reported ghost sightings in cemeteries is a common occurrence, these sightings are notoriously difficult to prove or document. After an extensive search, I was not able to find any reports of paranormal investigations on this site. With so many knowing the sad story of the bleeding mausoleum and the tragedy of young Nina and her family that are interred inside, an overactive imagination is the likely source of these sightings. Even so, is it possible that Nina and her family still walk the grounds of St. Luke's Episcopal Church in Cleveland? Paranormal experts say that sites of tragedy or great significance to those who have passed will harbor the residuals of their memories and sometimes their spirits will remain. The church and grounds were very dear to John Craig Miles and their family after Nina's death, and the spiritual connection to the buildings would be strong. And what of the red stains in the marble? Are they some natural blemish in the usually bright white marble? Or are they the spiritual manifestation of the tragedy surrounding Nina's untimely death? Today the grounds of the church are open to the public, and you can visit both the church structure and the mausoleum to see the stones for yourself. The red stains are still there and still very visible. As this is an active church and cemetery, if you do decide to visit, great care and respect should be taken when visiting to not disturb the grounds or the structures. Though I have never visited the mausoleum personally, it is added to my list of Tennessee destinations to visit and pay my respects to Nina and her family and to see the red marble for myself, one of East Tennessee's most enduring and unexplained mysteries. Thank you for listening to today's Tennessee Ghosts and Legends podcast episode. If you'd like to read more about this and other stories that I'm working on, I'd like to invite you to visit my website at www.lyllerussell.net. I am your host, Lyle Russell, and remember, the dead may seem scary, but it's the living you should be wary of. I'm so glad you're joining me for Season 2. Until next time.